You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anissa, and Boroma. Hi, I'm Anissa. And I'm Boroma. And today we're going to be talking about Dr. Cha, which recently finished airing, and it was... Hmm. How do we feel about it, Boroma? <laughs> I um, I would say I'm leaning strongly towards the positive. There are certain things I wish had been done differently, but that's the case with the majority of the dramas I watch. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it was like overall an enjoyable experience. Yeah. It was it was a it was a fun watch. Tell me what your like overall impressions of the show were like in more detail. So, okay, I've had some time to think about it. Initially, I wasn't... So, this is like a fully spoiled yak, by the way, guys. If you haven't watched till the very end, don't listen to this episode. Because we're going to be discussing the ending. Um, So, I've had some time to uh, think about it. I've had some space uh, from that uh, finale. And I think most of us were really caught up on who our protagonist was going to end up with. And at least, I don't think I was super invested in her love story because she didn't seem super invested in a love story. However, the ending that the drama chose for her initially gave me a a bit of a shock. Not a shock exactly. I just wasn't expecting the drama to do that. But then, having had like a week or so (laughs) to digest it, I now really like it. I like it even more because thinking back, and we will go over all of these points slowly, um, I realized that the drama had been foreshadowing that ending from um, pretty early on, especially through her relationship with her best friend um, and how the two perceived each other's life. Okay, mm. so so yeah. So um, I have had an, over, like, an overall positive uh, experience watching Dr. Cha. I tuned in every week. Um, I did not find myself bored at any point. I found the conversations online extremely entertaining. (laughs) And, um, oh, and also I really loved uh, the kids. Like, I usually, I don't know why in this kind of a story, the kids are not usually, but occasionally made very bratty and annoying. But even when the kids in this drama were bratty, there was um, the writing humanized their brattiness, like gave us context for why they were behaving the way they were behaving. But yes, so <laughs> overall positive, like lots of things, and I want to dive in and talk about that now. Yeah, so for me, I was pretty hesitant to start this because as much as I like Om Jung-Hwa, um a lot, love her. I was like, a medical drama? No. I mean, you know I don't really like medical dramas. I have to be, like, drag kicking and screaming by the weight of public opinion anytime I watch a medical drama. But, you know, like, she's so charming and it was such a popular show, which I think I agree with you. That was one of the fun things about watching this while it was airing is that there was a lot of chatter about it. People were enjoying it. And it's always fun to watch something with a lot of people, you know, something popular that's that there's a lot of discussion and things around. Um, especially if there's like 
stuff that you want to rant about because then you can also rant with others about, you know, like you can kind of, you can kind of join that, um, that train. Um, I think I also had a, a mostly enjoyable experience. There were some parts of her story that I didn't love, but overall, I just thought it was a really lovely portrait of someone who kind of has a big wake up call in their life. Mm. Um, and then decides to take a risk, mm. do something that, you know, is going to change their life. But maybe maybe they've been into this like holding pattern of of, you know, just putting everything that they want on the back burner for way too long. And that was that was her. Right. That was Cha Jung Suk. She just been living her life for her family for the last like 20 years. And then suddenly and here was where we go into full spoilers, like. And I mean, this is in episode one or two, but like mm. she she's about to have liver. She gets liver disease, right? She gets hepatitis B. Yeah. A B. Um, she gets hepatitis B um, and she needs a liver transplant. And so then it exposes a lot of things about her life that she had just been kind of accepting. And, you know, like like things become normal. You just kind of live with them. And then like something shakes you up and you're like, oh, um, my husband's actually been treating me like crap. My mother-in-law kind of doesn't care if I live or die. Oh, like none of these people that I thought that I've been like sacrificing everything for are actually like willing to help me out when I'm in my time of need. That's crappy. Like maybe I should think about what I want now. Um, and so that was a really nice way to start. And, you know, I like how they deal with her, um, the whole experience of being older and going back and trying to follow your dreams. Like that's, that's compelling, um, but yeah, I think I didn't mind how it ended. I think it just needed to be done a little better right at the end. Like mm. I think they they could have they could have achieved it in a more smooth way that kind of made more sense. But mm. I didn't mind her ending at all because I think it was really about her journey in the end, rather than like who's she gonna date next? You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that wasn't really the point. So. So about her wake up call at the very beginning. So she has um, a couple of them, right? Like she realizes during an emergency, uh, during a bus ride, um, that she's completely useless in that scenario. Even though she has a doctor's degree, she hasn't practiced medicine at all. So she doesn't, she isn't a practicing doctor. She like, she can't actually call herself a doctor in a meaningful way. Like what was the point of, you know, all of her studies, you know, her passion for medicine at one point of time. Um, and she is just so grateful when a real doctor does step in <laughs> and can save that life that she completely couldn't. And then I, I really like that that was the initial um, jhatka. So the, the thing that shakes her up. I mean, it doesn't really shake her up, but it like, it reminds her of who she used mm. to be in a very poignant and like it, it was it was a good uh, thrust um you know like the the boxing uh, punch <laughs> now nice jab 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 that's what i'm looking for not thrust <laughs> um and then you have her having coming uh, coming down with hepatitis but even by that point you can already see that a family really takes her for granted her two children whom she has educated and raised as far as I can tell more or less by herself because her f husband doesn't seem like a super involved parent except for you know how he hands down um, uh, dictates about which careers his children are allowed to follow but then his wife has to mm -hmm. do the actual work of like pushing them towards it 
odious man. Oh, Truly, what an odious man. Just the worst. And you know what is even though we will come back to what I I really hold against the drama. Okay, maybe I can say this right now. They cast a really cute boy as his younger self. I thought that was just so unfair. On the one hand, yes, I mean, <laughs> I sort of understand he was super cute. But on the other hand, there is you should not do that. This is this is like a backhanded way of trying to make him more sympathetic in drama language. Just uh. I actually no, but I disagree with you because he had to be really cute and charming. Otherwise, like how can you root for this main character who like Fell for him. Basically, like, fell for him while he had an actual girlfriend. Like, they were, he was cheating and she cheated with him. Like, he's mostly at fault, but she's not completely not at fault in that situation, right? Like, she knows he has a girlfriend. So, you, you need to be able to, like, I mean, okay, they were young and they made a mistake, but also, like, you need to be able to understand a little bit why she kind of got caught up in the moment if he was just like a random <laughs> dude that wasn't that cute you're like okay girl i'm like judging your life choices no, what are you doing no, here no, i completely agree with you the sensible part of me agrees with you wholeheartedly the petty side of me wishes that they had made him at least slightly slimy when he was younger because he seems like such a decent guy when he was that young and the you know the mistake that they made had a result and he stepped up and like at that point of course in their life this was what 30 years back they wouldn't have been able to get up an abortion easily she would have had to live with like deep stigma she didn't come from a very affluent family so he stepped up in that situation and at that time that was the right thing to do so yes both of them did a wrong thing but then they did the responsible thing at that time but then this guy is just you know how in 18 again you have <laughs> you have the uh oh what was the what is oscar's real name the actor's name <laughs> oh um um basically the uh, male protagonist yun sang yan i think so you the the main lead basically he marries his girlfriend when she gets pregnant um, when they were both 18 and then you know regrets it for the next like couple of decades because he had to give up his dream and he's stuck in a dead-end job and I know the drama like the entire point of the drama is to show that his while bitterness is justified it shouldn't have turned against his family and I completely agree with the drama's moral themes it's also a fact that 18-year-olds probably shouldn't be burdened with that situation to begin with. So some amount of bitterness, you can kind of understand where that comes from. With um, Kim Byung-chul's character, um, In-ho, uh, so I know, he just, I couldn't like connect his younger self with this older 50-something version. Like that guy who, you know, did take responsibility for his actions... How is he the same guy mm. as this one who doesn't seem to take any responsibility for anything? Like you see him throughout the drama basically shirking his responsibilities all the time um, to everybody who depends on him. So I just, I, yeah. So uh, some amount of just like viewer disconnect mm. in my head between those two. But anyway, coming back to Om um, jong Hwa's character, um, Cha Jung-suk. So Cha Jung-suk has that, you know, that moment in that, um, during that emergency in the bus. And then you have her coming down with hepatitis and her husband 
first of all, completely unavailable to come and check in on her because he's um, on a trip off with his uh, girlfriend. <laughs> and her mother-in-law is not interested. Her, she doesn't want to disturb her kids. And it's just, she is so alone in that emergency room. She's just absolutely alone. And it's so sad. And then you have everybody finding out that she needs uh, a, a liver transplant and her husband's family reacting like... It, it was the worst reaction. It was literally the worst reaction. And also, I was just thinking of Acting how... like they're inconvenienced by her being sick, basically. Absolutely. They're, they're inconvenienced. Yeah. And um, it just... You have that entire situation playing out in Dr... Um, Roy's chamber this is our potential second lead male second lead and he's watching this entire scenario unfold and I remember from like one of the cases in a hospital playlist where a similar thing happened um I think the wife needed a transplant and the husband was clearly unwilling and the family was sort of I, actually, I don't remember who... Oh, no. Oh, I remember what the situation was. The situation was the husband needed a transplant. The wife was being pressured by the entire family to do the transplant. I don't remember the transplant of what. But I remember that other members of the family were viable. Like, the husband's brother was a viable donor. But nobody mm. in the family wanted to donate. They were like, well, that's what the wife is for. The wife should do it. So the wife had health issues already. But then she was being... Um, pushed pressured to pressure. Yeah. So uh, the, one of the protagonists of Hospital Playlist, he was the doctor and he was like, listen, you don't have to go through with this. In that scenario, he was reassuring the wife that she has the right to say no because it's her body. She gets a choice. And then you have this scenario where the husband is healthy. Like, He's the most viable donor around right there. There is no alternative for his wife. And the way the family reacts, is, especially he and his mother and his girlfriend, of course, um, off screen, is that you should not do it. Like, that's her body. The wife is just like suddenly an alien being, a stranger, an mm -hmm. outsider. Why should your body be compromised right. for her sake? And that's just... That same body that's been uh, performing domestic labor and like childbirth and raising your children for the last 30 years. But suddenly she's like, oh, like that's a, that's her thing. That's her issue. You don't need to, to care about that. Oh, my God. It was so infuriating. It, it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about... Um, let's talk about the men for a second <laughs> and, and the way that... You know, do you want to talk about the husband first? Yes. Let's talk about the husband first. <laughs> so I think there was a really genius move to cast Kim Young-chul because he is so funny and he's like a funny villain. Like that's usually what he plays is a villain who's also kind of funny. Mm. And that's exactly what he needed to do here. And I was I think I was talking to you guys about this last time we we chatted. But like it's such a brilliant career trajectory to see him going from just playing villains to now playing husbands who are actually villains in dramas like that's what he does now he just plays like evil husbands but then you have this like uh you know this history in your brain of having watched him as so many villains and you're just like yeah you are an actual villain <laughs> this is what you are um he did the same thing in sky castle and he was so horrible and also so funny and i don't know how he does it but he is amazing like 
kudos to the actor. He stands out. Um, I so he was in Sisyphus too. He was the main villain there, and mm. he was charismatic. There are certain scenes that stand out even in that drama, and he was just like him burning uh, money, like just throwing it casually away because money is paper and it means absolutely nothing from where he comes from, and the way he does it because. the man is charismatic when he wants to turn it on in the villain mode just pitch perfect so he was genius casting here and honestly think it's because of kim byung chul's um you know this this slimy but funny kind of uh, pathetic character that this drama was actually as fun to watch as it was because for large parts Absolutely. of the drama yeah especially in the second half um Jung Suk isn't actually doing much. Like she's reacting to events and she's slowly processing things. But it's Kim Byung Chul uh, that's um, In Ho. So I know who actually takes over the plot to an extent. And you're just watching him be pathetic and making selfish decisions over and over again. And it's infuriating. But because he is as you know funny and because his presence is as um dramatic as it is that it still mm-hmm. he he elevated the script in those parts of the drama totally yeah yeah if they had if they had like cast someone who was just kind of a one note terrible man who was just doing terrible things to his wife and children like that would have been gotten old really fast you know like and there are a lot of other actors who could have like done a serviceable job but they wouldn't have brought that like um the energy and the humor where you're like you hate him but at the same time you're kind of entertained like you had to have that otherwise this would be very depressing to watch because he does so many horrible things to her and there are a lot of situations where like she's not in a position to do anything right away you know like mm-hmm. like there's this whole you know there's in the beginning she is kind of hoping that he will donate his liver to her so she's kind of like not able to really say much and then afterwards she's in a position of like she wants to work at the hospital where he he is so she needs him to like not mess it up for her even like later when she's asking him to give her a divorce and he doesn't want to do it like there's so many situations where like he's being a total piece of garbage to her and she doesn't necessarily have the leverage to do anything to him because he's the one with the leverage in that situation. Mm. And so like that would be really miserable. I mean there was still some times where it was kind of miserable to watch, but it would have been especially miserable to watch if it was just like a flat kind of villain character without any of the, you know, additional spice that he brings to the role. Yeah, I I agree. Like he uh, you know <laughs> some of my favorite scenes were it is like in the initial okay so there is this one scene again in the first half of the drama where he's uh, desperately trying to get his wife to just resign from her residency uh, because she might find out that his girlfriend works in the same um, hospital and so he blackmails her several times using whatever leverage mm-hmm. he can so at one point the blackmail that he uses uh, the material that he uses is his daughter's career So he finds out that his daughter is um studying to going to art school instead of medicine and he destroys like he throws out her art material and just lays down the law that she can't that he won't pay for it and then so she 
the when you know uh, Jung Sook comes home and she finds out what happened, so she pleads with him to just let the you know their daughter do what she did, and she's like, it's my fault for not having confronted you before. I should have just dealt with it instead of hiding. And again, that that hiding thing is something I've seen mothers do in in like bad situations. Um, I've had an aunt that I've seen growing up who did this. Like she would hide things from her husband constantly about what her children actually want to do, and it was just mm. I. There are these in these scenes that I have seen versions of play out in that family, and I'm just I was just I was really impressed by the writing, honestly, in many of these scenes. Anyway, so back to that scene. So she's arguing with him. She's pleading him just let her do what she wants to do, and he's like he sits in his office and he is like, fine, I will give up your residency. And like at that moment, honestly, I thought, well, you know, she's been a mother for so long. She's tolerated so much mistreatment. Surely she will just say, okay, fine, I will do it for my daughter's sake. But thank God the writing doesn't go there. And Jung Suk is like, what the hell is wrong with you? No. And she walks out. And then she tries to figure out how she can, you know, um, afford it herself. She takes out a loan. But like she takes, she decides that there is another way. This is his way is not the only way. But what I absolutely love is the punctuation after she leaves the room saying this is bullshit is him, mm -hmm. his facade crumpling and him going kind of like throwing his legs and hands out in the air like a child throwing a tantrum and going like, ah, why didn't this work? It just, yeah. you know, just those I, I those really added a level of entertainment to the story that otherwise the story might otherwise have been pretty dour if not for those moments so you know what i yeah. really love there's this one part where he's sleeping she goes and like slaps him really oh, hard across oh. the face and he wakes up and he's like what just happened did you just slap me she's like oh you were dreaming he's like oh what just happened to me that's so great like he deserves it so much oh my god there were so many moments like that which like really helped break the tension because yeah it needed it needed that humor and I so agree with you about how smart the writing is about the the, the family dynamics you know like there's a lot of different family dynamics you have Jung Sook and her mom you have um, Jung Sook and her mother-in-law which is like fascinating there's really the two mothers of you know like Jung Suk's mom and Inho's mom and like their whole like complicated relationship, which is like <laughs> so well written and so funny. There's Inho with his mom, which is like this really weird codependent kind of toxic relationship that they have. And then like, you know, how they interact with their children, the, the children's interaction, even like the, the, you know, their son and daughter, how they interact with each other. Yeah. There's this one moment where like. I think it's right after um, she tells her son and daughter that she's going to divorce their dad mm. and like they go into her bedroom. She tells them and it, that scene was really sweet, like mm. the way she tells them um, and they go out and then like he just does this like oppa thing where he's like, it's going to be OK. I think he like touches her shoulder or something. And that, that and that's it. Like you can tell that they don't like talk about their feelings with each other, but he all, he cares and he wants her to be OK. And it was just like that little moment. And I was like, oh, that's real. That's, yeah, that's very real. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. They're just so that's it's just so well done. I think like that was the the strength of this. I don't think that I enjoyed the hospital cases <laughs> as not, much. They, they, they weren't the really well sense. done. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of nonsensical. It's it was just like plot mechanics to make to contrive like, you know, funny situations between Roy Kim and the husband and and her and like whatever. 
that wasn't really why we were watching the show. Yeah. It was the, the hospital stuff was kind of ridiculous. But that, I think that was like really where, where the writing shone is in these interpersonal relationships. I agree. I also really like Jong Sook's relationship with her children. Um, earlier yes. in the episode, I talked about how, how much I just like the writing of the children, but also the gentleness with which she approaches serious conversations with her children. Um, and also the funny situations that happen. So uh, early on when she joins the residency program and she is basically, she, she's in the same hospital as her son, she's doing the same residency as her son pretty much, I think. Um, and she keeps calling him because she doesn't know a lot of these procedures. She's forgotten. It's been 20 years, 30 years. What, how long has it? 25 years, sorry. Um, and of course, she keeps relying on him. And at one point, he wants to help his mom. He really does. Like, you can see how sweet and supportive he is. But he's also getting really tired. Yeah. <laughs> so at one point, he just meets her on the roof. And he's like, can you just stop doing this to me? And she's like, I carried you for nine months. And I was like... And you're like, you know, that's a good point. You can't really say anything. How do you argue with that? But you cannot. I also love that he sent her that YouTube video and she's like, oh, oh, you can find out stuff like this? Oh, I mean, in that case, I don't need you anymore. He's such a good, he's such a good son. I love him so much. I just, everything about him, like his whole... The way he is with his parents, the way he is with his, his like somebody who he's also dating. Yeah. Their whole romance was <laughs> so I good. I love Sora so much, by the way. She's like, great. John She's Sora great. is John Sora is great. Really, really good. I I I also really like that they're okay, look, we we will get to them later. <laughs> so Jung Suk's relationship with everybody, but then again, Om Jung Hwa has always been she she's a she's a veteran actress. She knows what she's doing. But just this the tonal changes that she does, depending on who she is talking to, add so much to those relationships. I really like how with her mother-in-law, like she clearly knows her mother-in-law really well, down to the, you know, most awful pettiness. And she finds out what she doesn't know, she finds out um, you know, uh, through the drama. But um even when she knows the worst of her mother-in-law, her tone doesn't exactly change. Like, she still stays respectful and polite, but also somewhat affectionate. Like, the affection of 25 years of having taken care of this woman. Um, mm. So, I just... I'm, I'm, and, of course, her, her tone changes when she's talking to her mom. And all of that is extremely great. The one thing that I will point out is how close in age... Her mom, her mother-in-law, and Om Jong-hwa are. Um, somebody else pointed this out. I don't remember who, but it, I kind of wonder, why is it that... So, um, when you have a character like uh, Am jong who's supposed to be in her late 40s, right? And her mother-in-law would, I suppose, be at least in her late 60s to early 70s, you would expect a similar age difference in the casting. However, Om jung was is 53 currently, and um, Park Jun-gyung, who plays her mother-in-law, is 60. The, their age difference is seven years. The reason, I mean, the, the casting is great. The, they play their characters beautifully. But I kind of sometimes wonder, it's not as if there aren't 
really great actresses working right now who could have been playing somebody you know who is supposed to be in their 70s it just it, the reason i bring this up is because the because age of actors and age of characters are often mismatched in dramas and we just go with it especially the writing is great we don't really talk about it but it's especially weird when um jungwa's mother who's played by kimmy hyung is also uh, i think 6 years older than her the actress um and that's just why you i you there are older actors who could have been cast in that role so why is it that there is always this the ceiling somewhere where you just like yeah like younger actors like these actors are much younger than the age they are supposed to be so maybe cast them for roles that are suitable for their mm. own age group i mean i i don't know i'm not yeah. i don't know if i'm I, making I wonder, a good point yeah sorry yeah i wonder like how in the you know where in the casting process they chose all of these people and whether they maybe they cast you know the older actresses first and they ended up you know maybe they ended up settling on um jungwa later because um her husband is also the um kim byungchul is also he's he's much younger than her he's, he's born in uh, um, he's 48 years old so 5 years younger than her yeah so i feel like he is closer to like i think he's the only one who's really close to the age of his character whereas like the other three are all kind of too young or you know like so i wonder you know maybe it's just like a matter of who you can get to say yes to the role um i also wonder if they are casting these older ladies well i think kimmy kang's role could definitely have been played by an older actor but um Park Jung-gum is a very like energetic and very funny actress. Like she is She's so funny. She's also played and, this exact mother-in-law character. And she has done this. Yeah. And so this has kind of become her like trademark role and she's been doing it for like I remember the first time I saw her playing this kind of role was in 2010 when she did Secret Garden. So mm. she's been playing a lot older than her age for a long time. Yeah. So I guess it's just become like her brand and her like her thing. <laughs> But It's just really but i wonder if the fact that she is younger and she can give that like wacky performance like she has the energy i mean obviously everyone's different P- older people also have energy and vitality i'm not saying that they don't but maybe that's part of the reason that she gets no, cast I'm, so I, much because i somewhat she's so what you're saying um, from what i have seen of like producers talking about casting they they really go for like whoever they can think of in connection with that role when they're reading it and they might have just like you know thought of um Park Jung-kyung and gone like she would be perfect for this role instead of casting by age but one of the reasons they think of Park Jung-kyung immediately is because she has acted in so many dramas in recent years so she's fresh totally. on top of the head so i'm not saying it's like individual uh pd's at fault here i'm saying it's it's the way the casting system is built up so when you have a, a certain actor playing much older age groups and doing it for like over a decade at this point a very similar storyline would be queen of mysteries like where the daughter-in-law realizes how you know badly she's been treated and then goes on to make a mark of the world she was also uh, uh, solok's uh, mother-in-law in that drama she was it's yeah, yeah. same character <laughs> it's just because you yeah. have this actor playing this character in so many dramas over so many years of course she's the first ca- actor who's going to 
sort of strike the producer when you think about it. And unless you somebody comes in and tells them, hey, maybe you know, consider a few other actors, older actors who are maybe no longer getting work because they are ten years older, but they would, you know, they fit this age group exactly correctly. Then maybe some other actor would also have had an opportunity to play this character. Mm. I'm sorry, I took this entire thing in a whole different direction. It's just something that had been bothering me for a while. Yeah, I wonder if it's also just like the ageism of wanting to cast younger people instead of older. I mean, I'm people, sure that also you know plays into it like over time. Nobody really thinks about it actively, but that's exactly why we need to bring these things up. So, so we push people to take that extra minute and think about it actively. So, yeah. Okay, back to the drama. <laughs> back to the drama. Um, what did you think about the love triangle? Was that effective? Yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about Roy Kim. No, I, I think for me, I, I know, and, and we should talk about also how Roy Kim's story ends because mm. I think it's, I wasn't happy with that. Mm. But like, what what he is for her in this is not really a love interest so much as like a a really good friend and like a supportive you know caring i mean he is her doctor he's also her friend like obviously like pretty early on they move beyond that professional relationship and they become real friends Mm -hmm. and he's also kind of like a hope for her future that like she can have alternatives you know like he's the one who's like oh yeah you can do this you can be a doctor like you're a good doctor you can and even in the beginning, he's like, you can you know, you're going to be OK. You're going to live like you you're not going to die like because she's like kind of resigns herself. And so he gives her that hope for the future. And so throughout the whole drama, that's kind of what he represents in my mind is like a hope. Mm. And then, and at, at a certain point, it was also like the hope of a new romantic relationship after she like finishes dealing with her like husband's garbage and she moves on. I mean, that didn't really happen, but that hope was there. Right. Like she. She thinks about it a couple of times. It's not like she's completely immune to his charms. Um, I think he works really well in that role. I don't think that he's a real romantic interest for her. Okay. Because they wait so long before they even she even has those like flutters. I don't even remember what episode. It was like very late in the drama when she started thinking of him <laughs> as a man. Uh, and then she like walks it back at the end like, oh, I never thought of you that way. You're just a friend. I'm not interested. <laughs> She like shuts him down very quickly. <laughs> yeah, shuts him down hard. But um, yeah. also, I I agree with you. He he had been a source of strength, support for her for the entirety of the drama. And I was actually um, so- somewhat glad, like towards the end, that she she wasn't exactly a source of support for him, but like she could at least give him some good advice about his own situation because like throughout the drama she was just receiving from him and that that mm. makes an uneven dynamic that I didn't really love um, but I honestly thought the purpose of having a Roy Kim in the drama was not so much for Jong Suk but for Inho because if we had exactly the same story but no Roy Kim then Inho would have seen Jong Suk the threat of Jong Suk leaving him as something that had less less potential uh, for actually happening. Like he would have felt more mm. confident that she would have not actually left him. His behavior towards her may have been worse. Like he may have been stubborn for a longer period of time if he didn't really take the threat of her leaving seriously. Um, 
And one of the reasons he did is because he saw that, oh, she can go on to have a future with another man. That is what, you know, inspired jealousy in him. I don't love this aspect of K-dramas, but K-dramas do them often. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be honest, I don't really love this aspect of men either. But men do that <laughs> often, too, where they're like, I don't want you. And then like somebody else wants you. and They're like, oh, but I actually kind of care. And even if I don't want you, I don't want somebody else to have you. And you're like, dude. Oh, but that's kind of how that's like kind of how it works a lot of times, unfortunately. Yeah. What so. um, what did you think about Myung uh, Sabin? Uh, that is uh, Che Sang Hee's uh, character and her daughter, like that entire side of things. Because I thought it was really well done. Before we talk about that, can we just talk about how um, Roy Kim and um, Oh Suk's yes, story let's, ended. Let's talk let's about talk about that, that first. Episode, yeah. So. So at the end of the drama, you have he like gives her this confession um, and she basically is like, nope, <laughs> it's never going to happen. Don't even try. I don't have time for you in my life. And like, I thought that was kind of weird because if nothing else, OK, you saw that she had some kind of awareness of him as a man. But, you know, like it's totally understandable if she doesn't want to pursue anything with him. He is mm. a lot younger than her. Um, I can see why she would feel uncomfortable starting a relationship this quickly after her divorce. That's all fine. But like, they're not even friends anymore. You know, like after that scene, when you, when you see her, um, you know, going and getting her motorcycle license, I thought that was because like now she they're like motorcycle riding buddies and they've so like sweet. continued their friendship, you know, because he was there for her during like some of the most difficult times in her life. And now she's just gonna like cut him off. I thought that was weird. You know, like they were running together that he was. They were friends. Yeah. So that was weird. I was like, just stay friends. Just be in each other's lives. And then you can like root for him when he meets this like new anonymous girlfriend. Like you don't have to cut him out of your life completely. I thought that was kind of weird. I, I, I feel like they were like, we don't have that much time left. We just have to wrap this up. So Roy Kim, your time's almost over. Just But also out, I, I you know? find that when they start like hurrying through things, they tend to default to K-drama basics. And K-drama basics say that um, if a man and a woman start off as friends... And if they ha start having romantic feelings for each other, they can't stay friends once a rejection has happened. You, you've seen this over and over again. This has been true throughout the history of K-dramas. Some really great friendships have come to absolutely nothing because, you know. Yeah, I know. But like they, I mean, he, he was there with her through like liver surgery and divorce. Like it's not like a shallow friendship, right? It's a pretty, Apparently, she went with him was. to meet his his like biological family and he, she comforted that. Like it was not. A, so, I mean, even if he needed some time to like mend his heart, which like I also don't buy that he was ready to marry her. Like I I could buy that he was interested her in her and he wanted to like date her. But like, it's not like he was pining and heartbroken. Like, don't tell me he was heartbroken. No, There's no I way. actually thought he was pretty removed. Like whenever he would act um, very emotionally to something Inho said about how you are coveting my wife and the two of them get into a tussle and stuff. I found that really odd because he didn't actually go around acting like he was like pining really hard for he wasn't right like he, it's not like he was lovesick and and, and and miserable he was just like wow this is a really great woman and as a viewer you're like yeah she's a great woman and he's like oh she's attractive and smart and like the people in her life are treating her well and you're like yeah but it wasn't like a love for the ages that he would be like well now i can't even see you again i'm so upset <laughs> also there was a time skip 
So he could have taken a break and they could have like returned to their friendship after he like sorted out his feelings. I don't know. That was weird. That was. I agree. I I just accepted it because that's just. I figured, hey, uh, that's just what Kira must do. <laughs> but I I'm I agree. It doesn't actually make story sense. Not not given how you know they have like at no point did they ever have a romantic relationship if you've had a romantic relationship okay fair enough you've gotten really close and you need distance to sort of mend your heart it was it was nothing <laughs> you were so that just that um that miscolors the relationship that we saw like that that makes it feel as if it was conditional it was conditional on her eventually saying yes to him and that is just mm. that just makes that whole friendship like uh. Yeah, and also, like, he's not that kind of person. He's exactly. such a decent person from everything that we've seen about him. That was, like, the biggest point of contrast between the two men, right? Is that, like, he is a fundamentally decent and, like, generous person who doesn't require you to do anything in response for him to do something for you. Like, he was willing to donate his liver to her. Meanwhile, her husband, everything is conditional. Everything is transactional. He's only in it for what he can get from you. Like, that's been his whole character you're right maybe not in the past but like now that's who he is right exactly so like that was one of the things that you that was like so um it wasn't just like oh should she stay with her husband or go with this new guy it was like her husband's a piece of trash and this other guy is showing her like men are, don't always have to be like that like you don't have to settle for this because there are actually good guys out there and you can leave this guy you know yeah so um let's let's talk about Che Sung Hee and and that whole plot line of <laughs> they're, they're like a multi-decade drama of her and and Inho. I was so they did this odd thing with Che uh, Sung Hee where I was actually okay so <laughs> in the initial episodes of course she the little we saw of Che Sung Hee was that she was you know his woman on the side and she didn't want him to donate his liver <laughs> and it was just. It's not the best look, right? But then you saw, like, the more um, scenes we saw with her and her daughter, the more I um, felt for her character. Like, of course, she was making a series of wrong decisions. She'd been doing them for years. Like, when she decided to raise the child by herself um, and then, you know, reappeared in his life with child, it just... Initially, her intentions seemed to have been in the right place. Like, she just wanted her kid to know her father, but didn't actually want to, like, break up his marriage. Like, wasn't... You know, hold on. I just need to put in a caveat here. I'm using terms that they were using in the drama, like, break up his marriage. But this is very gendered, these kind of terms. Like, a, a woman outside isn't going to come in to break up your marriage. The man cheating on his wife is breaking up his own marriage. Okay, <laughs> moving on. It's important to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's... So, her intentions were that her child should at least know her father. And, again, you completely understand where she would have been coming from. But then her romance with um, Inho seems to have been rekindled. And I'm completely in uh, Mihi's corner, like uh, your Jung Suk's best friend. What is it about this man? What is it about this man that he managed to get two literally amazing women to just lose their heads over him? What? <laughs> for, for decades. For decades. <laughs> just. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't seem to have one redeeming quality. What was it? <laughs> And then she was like, is he really good in bed? 
I went on. She was like, I don't know. We haven't slept in the same bedroom for 10 years. <laughs> so good it was really good um their friendship by the way was so i loved their friendship it was so good it was like such a like you can feel the history of everything that they've been through together and like how how deeply they understand and like love and respect each other we're also like being able to like you know say hard truths uh call each other out on stuff yeah. exactly exactly, exactly. So I, really- I like that the way uh inho's you know past relationship with Songhee was introduced to us through the two of them discussing it on their like girls night mm-hmm. out and yeah. and her friend basically being like, well, you stole your husband from, you know, the girl he was in a relationship with. And, you know, like how devastated she was. Like the, clearly her sympathy was, and even like Jong Sook was embarrassed about what had happened before. It, it was like a very honest conversation that you can only have with a very close friend where you know that you're, you can show your true sympathies without judging each other. So I really, yeah. so I, I really love these parts of the uh, story a lot. And so coming back to Sunghee, Sunghee is this <laughs> Sunghee is this respected doctor of family medicine. She's brought up her um, daughter by herself. Everybody around her believes, I think, believes that she's divorced. Um, mm. But the thing is that I suppose, like, uh, I, I, I when we meet Sunghee in the drama, she's already again in a relationship with Inho, and it's just like. It's so complicated at this point. And Inho knows about his daughter, but he's not very comfortable with her because his daughter is, for obvious reasons, very contemptuous towards him. I really liked this girl. What, what was her name? Um, it was Unso. Unso. So I, I really liked um, Unso too. I, and, and when you saw things from Unso's perspective, like about her growing up without her dad and then finding out that she was the product of an extramarital affair, that does things to a child's mind. So I really like that the drama did show us things from their perspective. Even though it was the product of a lot of bad decisions, you needed to see things from... Because usually, even when the husband is shown, like you see various facets of his decisions, the... um, woman that he's cheating with she almost never gets any dimension so i really liked a that they cast uh, an actress who could give uh, songhee's character as much dignity as Musa bin could and that she did Lee such Spencer, a good job she did such a good job and that that they showed us not just uh, songhee's perspective but her daughter's perspective where i have complaints is they really, like, in the middle of the drama, it felt like Sunghi started to realize what a bad deal she had been handed and chosen with this affair that she has with Inho. Like, it's harming her daughter and, you know, it, it's it's ruining her relationship with her daughter pretty much. It's it, And it's actively um, harming her, her self-respect, just everything and so she makes the choice she starts looking into going back to the u.s with a doctor again she starts looking into it and then i don't know what happens in the story she suddenly veers back towards no i must have him away from jong sook and goes up to jong sook and is like divorce him <laughs> just why why like i mean yeah uh, i i think there were like two or three episodes in the middle there that we could have just like chopped out 
Because other than that, I'm like generally okay. But I just feel like that whole plot line, it did get dragged out a little too long. And like, she's a smart woman. I don't think that it would have taken her that long to be like, you're not worth this to Inho. But at the same time, I can also kind of, I, I do have sympathy for the fact that she's like, oh, like I've come this far. I know that's what they always say. I've come this far. I can't stop now. But like for her, she really, you can. And I mean, I think this really goes down to the the portrayal of the actress, mm-hmm. Young Simon, who did such a good job of like, you can see how like she, she knows that she made a lot of bad decisions, but she's also like, I've invested so much into this man who's actually kind of a piece of trash. <laughs> like, where do I go from here? Like, what have I done? You know? And then, so she's like, okay, so now how do I not be this person i really loved um i really loved the uh the scene where after she finds out that this patient that she had kind of made a connection with mm-hmm. was jung suk's mom and yeah. then she, she treats her and then she leaves and she writes her that letter and i was like i was like what's going to be in this letter i was like why would you write her a letter and it was such a perfect letter it was like i can't you know, really, you know, I liked you and I was rooting for you and I had empathy for you. She's like, I can't say I'm rooting for you anymore, but I still have empathy for you. And like, you still have a chance to be a good person. Like, why don't you take it? And that's what kind of breaks her. And she's like, oh, I can, you know, and it's, I don't know. And as her, for her, as like someone who didn't have a mother to have this like best mother of all mothers, Kim Mi Kyung, tell her that, you know, it just really worked for me. Yeah. So just Kim Mi Kyung, just, I mean, I know I was talking about like the, you know, <laughs> about how other actresses could have been cast in a role. But Kim Mi Kyung just does such a perfect job in these situations. She's just, she's not, she doesn't give off like motherly nurturing vibes. But like when she sits you down and, and she is just being her sensible, empathetic self. Like all the characters that she plays, it's it just it it rends your heart. Like, ah, she has she has that like um, give it to you straight mom energy yeah. of like you might not want to hear this, but I'm telling it to you, and it's out of love. Yeah. But I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But you know, it's out of love. Like somehow she makes that work, and you're like, and she's like straight faced, and you're like crying. You know? She like, she can also do it when she has no dialogues at all. Reference airs. My God, I will never mm. get over her character and her relationship with like, um, even Ho's mom in that drama. Just for the ages, just epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so my I really liked. Sorry, go go go. Go ahead. No 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 no. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to, I was going to go back to um, Sungi and her daughter, and I I wanted to agree with you that, like, I really loved how they handled the whole thing with um, her daughter, Unso, yeah. and, like, also, just, I don't know how you felt about this, but I I thought the whole thing of, like, how everyone finds out about the affair and when and how was really well done. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it I was, agree. somehow they made this extremely upsetting and horrible thing also funny, which, like kudos to the writers and director because i don't know if i would be ever be but it was like hilarious like everybody knows they're all upset they're like want to kill the dad but at the same time like it was so funny and then like i also appreciated that they didn't drag it out for too Mm. long everyone kind of found out one after the other and she didn't it didn't take her too long to find out either jung yeah and then like how the you know how the daughter kind of um sung daughter confronts jung daughter and how that all plays out like 
it was very raw and real and emotional, but it was also funny. I don't I don't know how they did that. It was very well done. I was impressed. I I, I completely agree. I, I one of my favorite scenes during that entire uh, revelation uh, string of events. <laughs> the initial thing that I absolutely loved was uh, her, all his kids, his daughter finding out. Um, and almost simultaneously, his son finding out uh, because he saw uh, his dad with um, Sunghi. And uh, then, of course, the daughter coming home and just telling his mom. <laughs> and I just, love that. But I was just, I love this girl so much, uh, Irang. It just, I, I loved her. She, she was so great. And the thing is that once she gets over her f- the fear of her father finding out about, you know, her art classes and stuff... She just drops truth bombs after truth bombs and it's perfect. And I really love that she is just, she's just being straight. She's not even just being rude. Like she's really telling her dad as as things are. And then her dad's like, you can't be this rude to me. I'm your father. And then even his mom is like, listen, you have no standing here anymore. Like you shouldn't have cheated if you wanted to be respected by your daughter. And like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that. I don't always agree with you, Mom, but right now you're... There's also this one scene where she's, like, reading the Bible and talking about, like, the one who uh, breaks the bonds of matrimony will be cursed or something, and then he, like, walks in. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> There's all these moments like that that are just, like, so funny. <laughs> it was great. It was really, really, yeah. really good. And Also, like, you know, you have that catharsis because, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just that they, oh, the entire family trying to keep it from uh, Jong Sook. I mean, let's keep the mother-in-law's motivations aside for a second. But initially, all of them banded together to keep it from Jong Sook because they didn't want her to be hurt. They yes. realized how devoted she was to the family, and then this would devastate her. Of course, they underestimated, you know, the amount of growth she's had. But still, it's it was it came from a place of love, and you kind of could see why. And and even the mother-in-law was like, you you can't do this. How could you do this to Jong So? Yeah. Like, I no, like that I mean, that she, was her reaction. It was yeah. her initial reaction. Whatever she was doing later on, like initially she was just like genuinely like like when she first finds out, she like starts hitting with a pillow him with a pillow and is like, How could I have raised such a sinful child? What have you done? How could you do this to Jung Sook? And I was like, Okay, I can't completely hate you. I just she was so good. I'm sorry, you were so saying it was, it was really cathartic. You were saying, oh, that was that was what it is. It was cathartic <laughs> to see her beating him with a pillow and telling him like, how could I raise such a sinful and horrible child? Because this whole time she's just been like unequivocally on his side, no matter how crappy he was, yeah. to the point of like not even allowing him to, you know. Like, she's like, oh, no, you can't put her name on the the deed of the house. No, you can't donate your liver to her. Like, you're the only one who matters. Just, like, really gross. Really gross stuff. Like, before she knew that they were having an affair together, she was like, oh, you should have married that other girl, you know, that, that you yeah. were engaged to, Sunghee. Like, she would have been so much better. She's rich. She's this. She's that. Look at her now. She's so successful. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was, that was nice to see her, like, turn <laughs> on him. Because <laughs> he deserved it the whole time. I agree. I agree. Okay, so um, one other uh, relationship that I just want to quickly talk about is uh, Jongmin, like the son and uh, Sora's. They just yes, I love them so much. <laughs> it was just so cute. Yes. throughout the drama, um, I, I, they, their entire romance was very like mostly in the background. But you, uh, I like that the two of them had um 
dissimilar characters, but they understood each other well. That, you know, when, because of how rough she is with her words and actions, even though her heart is in the right place, when Sora feel, like, finds out that Jung-suk is her boyfriend's mother and thinks of all of the times when she's treated Jung-suk as a resident, as she should, but, like, you know, she has, she is harsh in tone, and she realizes that from a typical mother's point of view, I mean, her boyfriend's mom probably hates her right now. Like, she's really um, anxious about it, but she can't really express those feelings in exactly those words to her boyfriend. So she ends up just being like, yeah, of course she hates me. You know, I can't ever change. This is who I am. Like, she's very abrupt about expressing what she's actually feeling. So they have, like, their little breakup. And I'm just like, oh, my God, sweetheart's just like, sit together mm. and talk it out because because on Jansuk has no problems with her like initially she's like what a rude girl but then she she can see especially during that car ride i love that car ride all female relationships should have yeah. like a car ride montage the car ride was so good and i also really liked how the way that it was written she finds out that she's his mom at the same time that she finds out like she already knows that his dad is cheating yeah and then she also she, she finds has out a lot that, of complex things she has to work through. Yeah. yeah. So then she, on one hand, she's like, oh, I made a bad impression on my boyfriend's mom. And then on the other hand, she's like, oh, you you like you're in a really bad place right now. And so like she's like, OK, how do I? <laughs> but like her. But I really liked how her first instinct was just to like be nice to Jung Suk and kind of yeah. like comfort her in her own like awkward way. And I just really loved how they're how their relationship developed that was really good i i loved it i mean just like give me more more you know mother and law daughter-in-law relationships like this please it was just so sweet to watch yeah and so, you know like yeah. even and and even though she's kind of a side character you got a really clear picture of her you know like when mm -hmm. she's sitting with jung sook and kind of like talking with her and keeping her company she's like you know this is what happened to me Mm. my dad you know cheated with another woman and i you know so like she has that in her backstory and it also kind of explains why she's so prickly and she doesn't like let people in that easily because she's been hurt in this way right and she doesn't mm. feel that safe showing her emotions and so like i i love that even as a side character you got so much development for her and so much like three-dimensionality agree isn't joram um isn't she a singer or something Oh, she is. She is uh, part of a South Korean girl group. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. Uh, I have never done. seen her before. I have neither, but I've heard some uh, chatter about her being uh, part of a girl group at some point. Apparently, she left the group in 2018 and uh, she started working with a different agency after that. Okay. Oh, but no, okay. I heard some chatter. And I, I, had, I had no idea. But people were like, oh my God, she can act. And I'm like, oh, it, it, was that like not an expectation? <laughs> okay. She can okay. act. <laughs> Seeing her picture again, because I, I was looking at her her page, her like profile page, is reminded me of like one of the biggest complaints I had about this drama, which is like everyone in this drama, especially the women, had ghost face. They all were made up with like a layer, like a shade of foundation that was like three shades too light for them. It was creepy. It was unsettling. And it was like such a like, why did they do that? Why did they do I that to Um Jung Hwa? Why did they do that to Aram? Like they just they're so pretty. And then they do this horrible makeup on them that they just look like walking ghosts. I was so upset. I, 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 it, it I bothered it me was, so much. It was it was very weird. You're right. Especially with Um Jung Hwa. She has 
an excellent complexion, there's really no reason to do that. And of course, it distracts you. Like initially, I was noticing the makeup a bit too much. Yeah, I, it <sighs> continued to bother me until the end. I was just like, we don't need this colorism. Like you, you're not making this person look prettier by making her whiter. And then you can see the neck and the hands and they're like three shades darker. Like it just looks weird. Anyway, I had to point yeah. that out because it really like it was. I know most K dramas do that, but it was particularly no, most, egregious. Most K dramas do something that uh, something that I am realizing a lot more now because C dramas do it even more sometimes. And just having noticed it once, I notice it a lot in K dramas now. Is the skin blurring uh, in post production? The the you know poreless skin of mm. all the main characters. They don't do it with side characters. It's always with the main leads, especially the romantic main leads. Their skins will be the look. Keep an eye on the cheek area and compare it with something like their nose area or their you know the te their temples, and you'll see that there is slight skin blurring happening. It's very hard to notice now with how high quality the camera footage is. But if you went back a few years and watched dramas like from 2014, 2015, you would be easily be able to spot the skin blurring. I used to think this was just bad, um, you know, camera situation. Like it was not high definition enough, the um, copy that I was w watching. But no, it's literal skin blurring and it has continued to this day. Like I said, C-dramas do it even more. <laughs> oh my goodness. I did not know that. You That's would be wild. able to see the pores on the faces of the side characters, but not the main characters. I huh. dare you. Try oh, it. Oh, I, I kind of don't want to, I kind of didn't want to know this, Parma. <laughs> oh. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so should we should we talk about the sort of the resolution for Jungsook and Inho at the end? Because I want to I want to get into that. Yes, please. So basically, you know, what happens is she has to like her she, her body rejects the initial organ that she got mm. the 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 initial liver transplant. So she needs another liver transplant. So you have Roy came over here being all uber dramatic and being like, I will donate my liver to you. And she's like, I don't please don't. Thank you for Just the thought. <laughs> you, you really don't need to do that. Um, and then he, and then Inho is like, oh, here's my opportunity to like, A, make her stay with me. Because at this point, he's like decided that he wants to stay with her. He's already broken up with Sung Hee. You know, he says, oh, like, let me just live the rest of my life as your husband making it up to you. And she's like, no, but that's what he wants. He's not giving her a divorce. And so he's like, oh, I can also use my liver to make up for all the bad things that I've done. Um, and then eventually he realizes that that's a really bad thing to do. And so he's like, oh, okay, I'll just donate my liver to you. No strings attached. And I'll also give you the divorce because I realized that I've been such a horrible person. And so he donates his liver to her. She has a new lease on life. They get divorced and it's over. And then I, I actually, I know people were mad that he got like, quote unquote, redeemed. But I was actually okay with this because he has a lot of chances to reflect on how bad everything that he's done is. Like, it's not like he just suddenly one day wakes up and is like, oh, I'm a horrible person. I shouldn't have done all of this. He has a lot of little moments where, like, people say things to him and he kind of like, you can see, like, he doesn't really want to accept it. And, like, he has a journey of, like, accepting his own responsibility and all of this. I thought mm. that was well done. And I also appreciated that, like, at the end... You know, there's this scene where he gets he's he becomes so he becomes the director of the hospital. Right. You see him after they sign the divorce papers, he goes back to his office 
Um, and he goes and he's like sitting at his new desk and he imagines like what it would have been like if he hadn't screwed up his family and like cheated on his wife and basically destroyed what they had. And he imagines them like coming in and being excited for him and congratulating him. And then it's they're not there yeah. and he's all alone. Um, and he's like, you can see on his face that he finally like realizes what he's done um, and he's alone now. And that's what he deserves. And so I actually was really happy with that. I thought it was really well done. I don't think it was like an like a redemption that was unearned. I, I also don't think it was a redemption at all. I think yeah. it was a character who had a, a proper arc. Like he learned something at the end. Like he was horrible throughout, but he wasn't rewarded for learning that because he learned it way too late. No, if exactly. Been, I didn't really see it as a redemption. I agree. Exactly. If he had been re- rewarded the way Kwon Minu was <laughs> at the end of the first season of Extraordinary uh, Kwon Minu. <laughs> and he didn't even realize what he had done wrong. No. So... Um, that was redemption because he got rewarded for having like doing the most basic thing. He was like, here, take like the best, nicest woman as your girlfriend. Now she will, you know, make you, I don't know, be a better person anyway. Um, but that is not what the story wanted to do. The story gave you a character who was selfish, self-important, um, completely devoted to his own interests and very calculating um, to the point where he would happily barter his, um, you know, daughter's future just to hide his cheating ways from his wife. It's, he was a really shitty person. (laughs) So for him to realize at the end that you can't um, blackmail and force and coerce a person into staying with you and loving you at one point this in her started saying how like to roy came how can you get in the way of love love finds a way and i'm like at what point in your 25 years of marriage were you ever in love with your wife did you ever you didn't even he didn't know her her birthday she'd never given her a gift it's that romance had never been part of their relationship Mm -mm. so what are you talking about like he had this entire world built up in his own head. And once he decided that, of course, he had this great love with his wife, everybody just had to accept it. So for him to realize that that is not right, that what he's doing is wrongheaded and stupid, and it's hurting the person that he apparently loves now. <laughs> um, you know what I... Yeah, go on, go on. You know what I also appreciated about how they kind of built his character is... You could also see that his mother has a lot to do with the kind of person he is because Mm. at every point she's egging on his wrong decisions. At every point she's reinforcing his high, like unreasonably high opinion of himself. At every point she's reinforcing this like unfair dynamic that he has between him and his wife. At every point she's treating his wife like a servant and he so he also feels fine treating her like a servant. And so Irong, his daughter, actually like turns to her grandma at one point is like, you didn't raise your son right. Why did he turn out like this? And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, actually, you're right. <laughs> I, just, I didn't raise him right. And like, that was so good. Like, when do you ever get this kind of character, you know, called out in that way in a Korean drama where, where that has like multiple generations of a family living together? You usually don't. Usually yeah. the parents are old, so they can never be at fault. You know, like that's the general even if they made mistakes, really, it's your fault. As their kid, I'm, yeah. there are definitely exceptions, but like it's rare for 
you know so it's it's your it's your duty as uh, the child as the younger one to just forgive the older people like even yeah. if they haven't apologized just forgive them anyway and and like meek young kimmy young's character also calls her out on that you know she's yeah. like she calls her out on the fact that she's been a big part of the problem and 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 like one of the reasons that her daughter has been really unhappy for a long time yeah. And she's like, maybe we can move on from this. But like, I know what you did, basically. <laughs> like, she's like, I'm not going to accept all. And, you know, like that scene where she like gives back all those gifts. Yeah. She's like, these are these are bribes. Like, I don't want these gifts that you gave me after you realized what a horrible thing your son did to my daughter. Take them back. So yeah. I that was all really refreshing. And so I really appreciate that. Like, they didn't just let the mother be a comic relief character like she was. But at the same time, like her her actions had consequences and they like dealt with those consequences agreed it's satisfying that when the truth came out the people that we were rooting for reacted to them in the way we hoped that they would react to those situations like when someone did an evil thing it wasn't papered over um but also it just i i was really happy that Throughout this story, like even though we had had a lot of distractions with the whole love triangle uh, stuff that was happening, um, the main themes of the drama in the you know beginning was that you have our you had Jung Sook in a position where she couldn't really support herself. Um, she had already brought up her children. Oh, something that I really liked was that once she decided that hey, I I have this like she had hepatitis, she had a liver transplant. She realized that life was precious. So she's like, I've given enough of my life. I really need to do something for myself. So even though mm. her daughter was studying to get into college, it's a crucial time for her. She's like, I can't, I can't waste any more of my time. I like that the writer stuck to that. It would have been very easy for, because everybody around her was like, but just do it next year. Just do it. She'd already yeah. given so many years of her life to this. And so she like tells her daughter, listen, I am here for you, but I just can't wait. I cannot wait anymore. It's not possible for me. And she just, and she of course has to deal with several weeks or maybe months of her daughter's just because the daughter is unused to her mother choosing herself over her and but that is a choice she makes and she sticks to it i love that um so i i really love jong suk as a character just on her own yeah um aside from everything else i really like that in the beginning she like she, at one point she tells her friend that you know I have to admit that I was part of the problem, even though I was treated poorly inside my house when I went out carrying my uh, mother-in-law's second-hand bag, like in hand-me-downs, because I couldn't spend any money on myself. I was so guilt-ridden that I was dependent on them. I did still have that, you know, the the the, the pride of being the daughter-in-law of this particular family of this well-educated family my husband worked mm. in a prestigious hospital that the the wife of the rich man like the mistress of the house I did have I did take some pride um in that and now I realize how futile that was so yeah. by the end of the drama where her where her friend her drunk friend is like I can you actually divorce him would you actually be happy maybe stay with him maybe you know make this work you've made all the relationships in your life work I didn't love that I I really didn't love that advice but honestly that was probably not the worst thing to say to a, a character like uh Jong Sook who has 
shown that she's tenacious in a certain way. But also at this point, she she had mentally already checked out from that relationship. Like it's done for her. She has other things in her life now. She has medicine. She's seeing that she has a life beyond this family. Also, crucially, she sees that she has not lost the support of her family, like her children. Because she was afraid how her decision to pursue medicine would affect Mm -hmm. her children. Turns out household runs just fine without her. Her children survive without her. It's yeah. it's those, you know, small decisions culminating to the ending where she can walk away and, like, you know, pursue this divorce. Because if that had been the very first thing she pursued at the beginning of the drama, that would have been really hard for her because she had no alternative. She had nowhere else to go. In her own head, she would have been a burden to her mother yeah. if she went there. Even, you know, like, there's that conversation she has with Roy Kim when he's, before he joins the hospital, he's, like, just stopping by and they run into each other. Yeah. And he's like, oh, how are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, maybe this isn't my place to say, but I think you should leave your husband. Like, he wasn't there for you during this, you know, really crucial time. Like, you don't need him. And she was like, no. <laughs> a, yeah. yeah, you don't have the right to say that to me. But also, like, you're right. Like, she wasn't in a position to just leave him at that point. Yeah. She, you know, she hadn't built the kind of support system and... Um, not just like a financial support system, but like a psychological and emotional mm. support system, which she needed to be able to leave that marriage, which by yeah. the end she has done. And yeah. you reminded me of something that I didn't like, which is like all of a sudden at the end when she's about to get divorced, everyone in her life knows exactly what this man has done to her. Right. And they're like, oh, why don't you just stay with him? Like so many people, yeah. not just one person. I was like, what the hell? So that that kind of ticked me off. I I wasn't yeah. happy with that. Yeah, but like I, thankfully I didn't not. last too long, but I was just yeah. like this is this is garbage. Like why are you what is this? <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay. That that was that was pissing me off too. The only um plot reason that I could um think of that they would do this thing is a uh, the conventional thing that usually happens you know everybody supports you in an unfair marriage where you're being abused or your husband is cheating you but the moment you say divorce everybody around you is like oh but wait that is too much too much like you know like no that's true there's a lot of stigma there's still i mean there's not as much stigma around divorce as there used to be but but especially with that generation it's it's just that much harder and but also the other thing is that for our protagonist it gave her one last hurdle to jump over like the opinions of others couldn't sway her anymore even though they were the ones who were closest to her and honestly i just respected the character even more for sticking to her guns at the end. So can I also yes. say how much I love that she took that building that her mother-in-law oh, was I using as a tax <gasps> shelter and oh. turned it into like her own clinic slash cafe where she basically like is a perfect doctor, which like who cares if this is a fantasy? Like I, I would go to her. I would go to her. <laughs> I loved it so much. It I so honestly perfect. thought when she found that out that she would just turn it over to her mother-in-law and be like, well, you know, I am not greedy. I'm not after your money. I can support myself. No, man. Of course you should take the building. I not only it. did it she take it, perfect. but she framed it in a really fair way. She was like, I'm taking that building. It's already got my name on it. You can have the house, which like he already owns the house. But she was like, no, no, I deserve half of that house, but I'm yeah. letting you have it. Because and, and he can't say anything because he knows yeah. that she deserves half of that house and he's like been unfairly keeping it away from her. So oh, I, I loved it so damn much. I just 
Yeah. Okay. So, so <laughs> yeah. So I think are those basically our fi- final thoughts on, on Dr. Cha. I wanted to move on to like some other, you know, Ajuma gets her groove back type dramas that yeah. we've enjoyed in the past. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, uh, Anissa did this uh, loan yak, like this voice note diaries thing that we do um, like every week or so um, on Patreon. So Anissa did one on um, Ajuma's getting uh, their groove back basically. And uh, we just, they, it reminded me of so many dramas that we've seen this happen. And there are certain like broad trends that we, we have really loved watching those dramas. So that's, that's the, this segment guys um that's what we are talking about now so the one that like is probably my favorite out of this genre is 20 again it's also yeah, known as course. second 20s but 20 again is like the epitome of this and if you haven't seen it i'll just give like a really quick plot summary basically you have uh, chejuu who's in this marriage with a terrible man <laughs> of course um but she never finished college because she started her family so she decides that she's going to go back to college. I don't remember exactly what the catalyst was, but she goes back to college. She, you know, decides to leave her husband and then she reconnects with someone that she knew in her past. And then there's like a, a lovely romance. Um, but also she becomes this like wonderful, like uni figure to her classmates who are, you know, young women. A lot of them, she like advocates for them. She goes back and, you know, like she goes back to school, but now she's like, a grown woman who has like ajuma powers so she's not shy about like speaking up for herself speaking up for her peers uh, and she just becomes this like beloved figure to her classmates she ha- she like pursues her dreams she finds a great man to like start a new romance with. it's so good it's so good and she is so wonderful in this I- role so like Highly, highly recommend that if you haven't seen Highly that. recommend. I couldn't understand even when the Dr. Char trailer dropped I immediately thought of 20 again and mm-hmm. when, like, just the first episode was airing, I'm like, beat by beat, this is 20 again. How is it that nobody's talking about the, you know, the plot? Res- I'm not saying it's like a copy or anything, but I'm saying oh, often you have, like, you're inspired by, um, or, hey, it's very possible that the writer saw 20, uh, uh, 20 again and was like, I can do it differently. I can, I, I can tell a similar story, so let's do that. I don't know if that happened, but I'm saying, like, there are very... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you just switch the hospital out for the for the college, right? Like she, her husband is also a university professor. Her son is also attending the same school as her. Like it's, there's so, a lot of similarities. I I actually went back and watched Twenty again uh, last year, so I can tell you what the impetus was for her to go back to college. It was her husband basically saying that he's embarrassed of her because she hasn't even finished college. Ah, uh, oh it, yes, he was so horrible. He was played by uh, Che Wan Young, and this. By the way, we we love um, Kim Byung Chul. We really love him. But like this husband character, the slimy husband character who halfway through, who's cheating on her, of course, and then halfway through the drama flips and is like, I can't live without my wife. She is the ultimate one. Yeah, so that that originally was done by uh, Che Wan Young, and he had nailed Kills it. it. Yes, so kills good. it as usual. He kills everything. He's so good. He did a, a an even more pompous take on the character, but he was also hilarious in his petty jealousies, especially once his wife starts getting close to another professor in the college um, and her childhood friend, um, played by Lee Sung Yoon. The one complaint I have about the drama is I never liked Lee Sung Yoon, <laughs> and that you didn't like so, Lee Sung Yoon. No, I and think- also. 
this character but don't you remember this character was like because he had some misunderstandings and a heartbreak that he was nursing for years he was he was petty and mean he wasn't great he wasn't great yeah. in the beginning but i feel yeah. like he redeemed himself by the end i suppose yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so I, I mean it's been a while but i do remember not liking him at first but what's another drama that that you that you loved in this genre or um not? the queen of mysteries of course so, yes which, by the way, um, watch the first season, not the second. I was gonna season. say season one is incredible. Season two is not worth not watching. at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> so uh, the female protagonist there is uh, uh, she is based kind of on Sherlock. So her name is uh, Yu uh, Solok, and um, Solok is played by Che Kong Yi, and she's played wonderfully. Like. She is just, it's really hard to emphasize how great she is in this character. It's, she, she's great. But <laughs> she's a genius, but she's also, it's almost like she's going undercover as a housewife. Um, but then her genius comes out in things like um, supermarket sales. <laughs> and yeah. it's just, it's hilarious, but she's also, she's the nosiest Ajumma possible. And then she stumbles upon a case that's been worked on by this detective who's played by Kwang Sang-woo. And um, she starts nosing around and has like better hunches and clearly, you know, much better ideas about where the investigation should be going. Yeah. And he gets super annoyed with her. But like the more time he spends with her, the more he realizes like how brilliant yeah. she is. Han sang is a really grumpy Watson, by the way, in this situation. Super, super. <laughs> He's like, great. They are like headbutting throughout the drama. And of course, like you have a situation where he is... Um, you know, he's kind of like the second male lead-ish, but this is not really a drama that leans in on, like, the romance of the thing. It's far more about this Ajuma housewife, like, this this concept of the, you know, nosy Ajuma, the neighborhood auntie who's just, like, in everybody's business. Like, she knows what's happening, and she can tell easily what's going on because she is that smart, but she has been really oppressed by her family. Mm. And everything from physical to verbal abuse and she's just been kept down in like the worst possible way and so it's her story of both solving cases and this is like this is almost episodal it's not like this one just one case but it's like several series of cases her getting involved and then her basically leading a double life where she is housewife by day and <laughs> mystery detective by night. night yeah i love it and then and like I also really love the the beautiful partnership that she builds with Kwan Sang-woo's character yeah. where like he values her for like what she can do mm. and he, and and in the rest of her life she's just the wife and it's about like how she can be of service to everyone else but he values her for who she is and and what she brings like her specifically you know yeah. her you saw luck so yeah it's really beautiful it is. Um, also, one of the best and most emotional karaoke scenes I've ever seen in my life. Just going to leave that there. <laughs> that was beautiful. It was so good. I agree. Also, my God, Kwon sung has a beautiful voice. <laughs> I remember looking up the clip of him singing and just barely finding one on YouTube. And I, I played it over and over again. It just it, it, it was beautiful. 
do i want a romance at the end of that story yes but uh, yeah don't don't go in yeah yeah. (laughs) just just yeah just lower your expectations don't they don't have amazing chemistry they absolutely had it like if you never watch season two then you can just imagine sometime in the future when the time is right when they are ready yes yeah that's that's my head canon for sure yeah Okay, I want to quickly mention Sky Castle because I know that's not like the main point of the drama. It's about getting your child into school uh, with the help of murderers. But I did. <laughs> I did. Honey, so that was so good. <laughs> Get your child into school with the help of murderers. So I <laughs> That's the tagline for this show. Um, but what I really, one of the, like the highlights of that show for me mm. was Yoon Seah. Um, and her husband, who's again played by Kim Byung Chul here, and just like he's just the most hateful, horrible. It's very similar to his character in Doctor Cha. Like he only cares about you know um, his children getting into prestigious schools, and he's basically like willing to do anything, like bordering on abuse, in order to yeah. get them in. Um, and and her journey of just being like, no, you're a terrible father. You're an abusive father and husband. I'm not gonna. And she like basically just puts her foot down. And yeah. and like, cha- like changes the whole dynamic of her family, like the queen that she is. Also, without ever raising her voice, really, and in the most like classy and like hilarious way possible. And just I don't know, like the whole arc of every. I don't even want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but like she is so good in that. Just she just like revamps her entire family dynamic with the force of her sheer will. It's Agreed. amazing. It, it was beautiful. It's one of my favorite arcs. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was the most, <laughs> the favorite arc <laughs> in that drama. Yeah. It was great. Best thing about that show. Yeah. I, I Also, think... I love her kids. Her, her yeah, twins. Her kids were so good. They were so good. They were okay. so good. They were the only kids that I was genuinely <laughs> rooting for in that drama, I have to admit. Everybody else was kind of horrible. Uh, the other drama that I thought of, which again doesn't exactly fit the mold, but I think you would agree, eighteen again, the twenty twenty drama, um, which had Kim Hanyol and um, Ido Hyun and Yoon Sung Hyun, Oscar. <laughs> Yoon Sung Hyun. I did say Yoon Sung Hyun. You didn't yeah. believe me. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, what if it's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Kim Hanyol's character like I know that on the one hand Yoon Sung Hyun's character is also supposed to be finding his guru but we are focusing on Ajumas in this one <laughs> and Kim Hanyol like she her both her kids are in high school she has been trying to get her announcer job she's been working for years for that between raising her kids and finally and and of course earning um when she can but the Finally, she gets the job. She gets her dream job. And she gets it when she is, you know, middle-aged. But she... And she goes through so much keeping Mm. that job, but also impressing people, like really letting her light shine. And yeah, that's definitely Najuma getting her groove back. She was was fantastic, man. We don't have, like, a lot more time. This is going to get really long. But can we just do, like, a lightning round of other shows that this made us think of, Forma? Romance is a bonus book. Yes. <laughs> Kangdani. Yes. <laughs> Kangdani. Yes. That one definitely. Um, Perfume, which Perfume. I still haven't finished, but our friend um, Anya de Yager recommends it. I know, I know like the, the beginning kind of turned me off, but I'm determined to finish it because she said it was really satisfying, especially from that particular angle. Mm. And I trust her. Um, 
Hello Me. So Hello Me is another Che Kang Yi drama. She is mm. not actually married in this, but she meets her younger self and has yeah. kind of like a renewal of like she's just in a really bad place and she kind of like revives again. She kind of reconnects with who she wanted to be as a teenager and like pursues her dreams in a really beautiful way. And this is a cute romance. It's not like a, a like an over the top intense romance. I loved but it. Mine didn't work Kim Young Kong <laughs> and her were so cute together that I didn't need it to be like the main point of the drama. It was just perfect. It was like just the right amount. Okay. I can't think of any else. Can you? Yeah. Well, I thought I have a few more. I can just yeah, list yeah, them. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. So, um, in Search WWW, there's um the character played by um. John Hajin, her name is mm. is Ga Kyung. She's she has she's like basically in a marriage of convenience with a Chaebol heir. Mm. Um and but her and husband like, is madly in love with her. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. good. It's, it's so good. But but like you see how if you actually had a ma- marriage of convenience with a Chaebol heir, not like in like a fantasy land but in real life, how miserable it would be and like yeah. what what it would actually be like. Um mm. and so she's like actually I don't need to live like this. And so that she you know that arc is really beautiful. Yeah. Um and and really well done. Oh, oh I thought of another drama, Mine 2021, uh where Lee Bo Young um who has like a fantastic relationship with her uh, sister-in-law, by the way. It's just so good. So Ivo Young plays this woman who is uh, the, uh, she's, she's been married into this Chaebol family and she fits in perfectly, except that she's kind of lost herself uh, while playing that character of the perfect Chaebol wife raising, you know, the perfect Chaebol child <laughs> in this family that is just equal parts cruel and awful and privileged and just horrible. Um, until she fig- finds out that certain things have happened in her family and then she and her sister-in-law both kind of they emerge out of that situation it's great it's fantastic everyone should watch that <laughs> and then before we end I want to name two more that are like using time travel to get your groove back which is Go, get- Go Back Couple um, and well I guess my familiar life isn't really time travel exactly it's like an alternate reality but so Go Back Couple is this this couple that's basically on the brink of divorce go back to their college days. Both yeah. of them travel back in time and then they have to like figure out if they really want to live their life together, what happened to their dreams, yeah. how they're going to, you know, beautiful drama. Loved it. Um, and then My Familiar Wife is like about Jisung and Han Jimin mm. are also a very unhappy couple and he basically like makes a wish to never have married her. Oh. Um, and his wish comes true. And so he lives his life as if he had never married her. Um, and then he's like, oh, is this really what I wanted? Um, and one of the really brilliant things, I know it starts with the man's perspective, but what I really loved about this is like the first half is from his perspective. The second half is actually really more about her. Mm. So that was really very well done. I loved it. Highly it's recommend actually, both of those G- dramas. Jisung in the initial episodes, he's kind of like a, a really like true younger version of uh, Kim Byung Chol's character in uh, <laughs> Doctor Chol. <laughs> he's the worst. He's so terrible. He's, You're he's like horrible. for his wife. Yeah. You you just like his glee at finding himself in his alternate life being married to this other woman that he had kind of idealized in mm, his head. The one that got away, kind of. The one that got away and being allowed to like play games all day. Just like it's 
like i can't even tell you how annoyed i was with this guy like it, it took it took anisa telling me that it gets really satisfying in the second half for me to go back and watch it because i watched the first two episodes and i hated the dra- like i hated jisung's character so much i was just there's a lot of uh, growth there's a lot yeah. of growth that needs to happen but it happens <laughs> and it's it's good it does it does and hanjimin is just the boss she was yeah. so good in this drama it's one of my favorite performances from her Okay, so uh, we've been talking for a long time, <laughs> but thank you for staying with us this whole time. This was really fun. I, I wanted to, you know, Dr. Cha, I was kind of, as I was watching it, I was like, this is fine. It's good, but it's not like the best. So why is it so beloved? And then I was thinking about like, what is it about this particular type of show that is so satisfying? And that's what I, then I just started thinking about these kind of shows where like a middle-aged woman basically gets her life back mm. and maybe in an even better way than she would have lived it the first time because she has the benefit of like all of that life experience that she wouldn't have had if she made these choices when she was like 17 or 18 and it's just so like uplifting and 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 joyful and and like satisfying and cathartic to see Agreed. and i think i'm starting to enjoy them more as i get older also <laughs> Yeah, me too. Also, I, I I was talking about this in the uh, Bora de Bora uh, episode, but it's really nice. It's always been nice. Like even when I was in my twenties and watching K dramas, it's it's it was always really nice to see these actresses in their late thirties, early forties, late forties, early fifties, like genuinely like older women, but mm. like who also still have half of their life left to live like it's the fact that their stories are not over there are stories to tell was really it was just really encouraging for me at that point and even more so now because it it mm. makes you look forward to growing older because damn if society doesn't tell us every minute of every day that hey if you're a year older you might as well just freeze up and die because you have After like 30 no value. your life is over <laughs> like k dramas was the first media that gave me the message that I can have a life after 30 and like yeah no other media that I've ever consumed in my life ever said that like explicitly or implicitly it's like you know once you're not a woman in your 20s that's it you might as well just like dig your own grave and like hop in and wait for death to take you you know like that's the that's the impression that you get like all your life absorbing all this like from Hollywood and even from like Bollywood and like all all the books oh, that we read, they're all about young especially. people, you know, like, yeah. so, and K-dramas are just like unapologetically like, yes, a 39 year old woman can have a, a beautiful romance in real life and on the screen, you know, yeah. look at Sun Yejin inspiring all of us. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. So K-dramas doing their job right is when they are inspiring us like this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is Where can people find us? So you can find Dramas Over Flowers on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can find me, Parma, at The Drama Notes. And you can find me on Twitter at Anisa Khalifa underscore. You can find us on Instagram at Dramas Over Flowers underscore. And you can email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just look up Dramas Over Flowers. And our blog is dramasoverflowers.net. Yes. And check out our newsletter. You can find the link in the description to subscribe. We're always writing something in there. And we're planning to write more. Um, and also, 
connect to us by sending a voice note. We love getting voice notes. You, there's a little link for where you can leave a voice recording and send us like your thoughts about this episode or about anything K-drama related or even unrelated. Like we love getting notes from you. Also, we have started getting replies on Spotify. That's a new feature they have started. Um, and we got quite a few uh, in different episodes, but especially on the crash landing on you one. Uh, we are loving these comments, guys. Yes, so. thank you so much. We're not able to directly reply to you on Spotify, but we love them and we appreciate them and we're reading them. So thank you. Yeah. And Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And that's it. So thank you guys for listening yeah. to this episode. Bye.